I'm Woodrow Kroll, and this is the Tuesday edition of Back to the Bible. I'm Nigel Wilkinson. Now, all this week, we're learning how we're going to have the best Christmas ever. You know, for a lot of people, when it comes to Christmas, it's about getting together with others, family, co-workers, and friends. Yeah, and the tradition of being together at Christmas is not a new thing. In fact, we can trace it all the way back to the first Christmas. Mary and Joseph were together. That lonely angel was joined by a heavenly host. Uh, The shepherds were together. Being together at Christmas is just part of being at Christmas. Okay, so really this tradition of coming together, it's more a long-standing thing, not something we just made up in modern times. Right, and God had a part in that original Christmas where people were together. I think he'd like to have a part in your get-togethers this Christmas time. And today on Back to the Bible, we're going to find out how to enjoy the fellowship of one another and to tell everybody we know about the joy of Christmas. All that right here on Back to the Bible. Sounds great. Well, before we get into today's study, just to let you know that our 2024 calendar is now once again available in Mandeville, at Forever Young, located in the Manchester Shopping Center, for your contribution of $700 each. Now let's join Bible teacher Woodrow Kroll in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, as we head into today's study. Well, as I think about all the Christmases I've spent uh, over these many, many years now, I remember some Christmases where I was prepared for Christmas and others I was not. Now, I'm not talking about buying gifts. I'm never prepared for that. But I'm talking about getting myself ready to understand and enjoy Christmas. And what we saw yesterday in our study is you will have a better Christmas this year if you actually prepare yourself for it. Go back to this passage, Luke chapter 2, which we're going to read today. In fact, we're going to read it every day this week. Go back to the passage, get to know the characters, find out what's going on. I mean, who is this Caesar Augustus anyway? And, and why does he want to tax the Jewish people? And what does it mean to be of the house and lineage of David? See, answers to those questions help you understand the meaning of Christmas more. Well, we want to see ten tips that you can get right out of Luke chapter 2 and how to have the best Christmas ever. Now, yesterday we talked about beginning with uh, adequate preparation, get to know the story, and then proceeding with humility. Understand that this is all about a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Well, today let's go back to the story and learn that we can enjoy the fellowship of others during Christmas season. Now, I am well aware that there are many of you listening today that are going to be alone this Christmas time. And loneliness is a real difficult problem at Christmas. Let me read something to you I found. I'm not quite sure who the author of this is. Many of you can identify with this. It's all about loneliness. Listen to this. Loneliness is like a piano without keys, like a violin without strings, like a sanctuary without a congregation or a choir where no one sings. Loneliness is like a blade of grass growing through a crack of cement. Loneliness is like a campground without a single tent. Loneliness is like a mockingbird that cannot sing a song. Loneliness is a feeling that one does not belong. Like a pansy in a cornfield, hidden where no one can see. I know all about loneliness because it lives inside of me. 
If that describes you today, I want you to learn something about the joy of Christmas that comes from finding other lonely people and spending time in fellowship over Christmas. Let's go back to Luke chapter 2. I want to read the entire story again. Well, not the entire story, but a lot of the story again, beginning right at verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed, registered for taxation. This census first took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his espoused or betrothed wife, who was with child. And so it was, while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Now, what I want you to see in this story is that loneliness doesn't have any place in the Christmas story. I mean, just look at this. Joseph went out of his city, Nazareth, up to the city of David, Bethlehem, up meaning up the mountains to his city of David, to be registered, what's the next word? With Mary, his betrothed wife. Joseph with Mary. They were not alone. You know, that little word with is so important to us. Um, it shows uh, community. It shows fellowship. It shows, it shows the fact we are not by ourselves. I am with him. She is with me. Come with me to church. See, all of that indicates you and I are doing something together. It's somebody else and me. Maybe a lot of somebody else's and me. And in this Christmas season, I want you to notice in the story that there's a lot of fellowship in this story. Joseph is with Mary. Mary is with child by the Holy Spirit of God. And if you look further into the story, you're going to notice that the shepherds were out in the fields with their sheep. Okay, that's not a whole lot of company. But notice it's shepherds plural and not shepherds singular. That means then every shepherd had his own flock to watch, and they would kind of get together, let the herds, let the flocks come together, because they would separate when the shepherd called them, because sheep know the voice of their shepherd. But for the benefit of the shepherds, they often would travel together. So here we have Mary and Joseph together. We have the shepherds together. And even if you notice, uh, later on in the story, there's this uh, angel who comes to them and announces to them that in the city of Bethlehem, there is born for them a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. But before the story ends, it says, verse 13, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. One angel gave the message 
Other angels joined in because Christmas is not a time to be alone. This is a time for fellowship. So if you notice here, when it says that, verse 13, a multitude of heavenly hosts, the word for multitude there means multitude. The Greek word is plethos, and it means as big a company as you can get. So we're not talking about a couple of angels had nothing else to do. So they said, let's go down and and join our buddy down there who's telling uh, the shepherds where to go see the Christ child. No, this is God's orchestration of fellowship at the time of Jesus' birth. All of this relates to the fact that you and I can have a better Christmas this year if we have it with others who are having a better Christmas this year. Now, let me address specifically how to do that. Now, the text doesn't tell us here, but uh, you and I know and we understand that having Christmas with family can always be a wonderful occasion. Well, not always, but it can be a wonderful occasion. My family, for example, is uh, pretty well spread throughout the United States. Uh, Linda and I have a daughter and her husband and their five children living in North Carolina. We don't often spend Christmas with them. Our son lives in St. Petersburg, Florida, and he and his wife, they have five children. We don't often spend Christmas with them. We do have two children who live here in Nebraska and five grandchildren who live here in Nebraska, and we do spend Christmas with them because, well, we can't get rid of them at that time. They're they're there. But this is the joy of Christmas. Now, it would be okay if Christmas were just Linda and myself, but it's a lot better if there are others in your family who can join you for Christmas. Okay, you say, that's good, but I don't have any family close by. They can't join me. Or I don't have any family at all. Well, what about your church family? See, one of the reasons why we go to church is not because it's Sunday and we think we ought to, or not because we have to, or not because we can't turn on a TV and get a church service. All those things are possible. We go to church to be with others who go to church. The whole point of church is the community of believers growing together in the Lord. So if you have no family nearby, turn to your church family. Find someone in your church family who also needs to be with someone this Christmas and spend Christmas with them. Spend at least a part of the Christmas day with them. What about the fellowship groups? You may be a part of a study group or you may have a Bible study fellowship or a part of a group in your church. I would seek out those people if they also have no family and no particular people to spend Christmas with. I would seek them out to make sure that you have somebody to spend Christmas with. The whole point of this passage is to teach us that Mary and Joseph were together, that the shepherds were together, that the angels were together, and and we find people in the most interesting places who need us at Christmas just as much as we need them. Now, your family may be dwindling now. Your children may have moved away. You may have this past year lost the dearest person on earth to you. This is not a Christmas for you to spend alone. I want to encourage you with all of my heart to adopt a person. Uh, Find a person. You still have time. There's a week yet. Adopt a person maybe in your church or maybe in your community. And just invite them to spend Christmas with you. Read the story. Make emphasis to the fact that Mary and Joseph are with each other. The shepherds are with each other. The angels are with each other. And now you and this person you have adopted 
are spending this most joyous day together. One of the reasons why it's very important for us to recognize that Christmas is a day of fellowship is because Christmas is a day for Jesus. And the greatest fellowship that you and I can have is the fellowship of knowing that we are with the Savior on this day. You know, the greatest gift you can give your family this Christmas is the gift of your own salvation. And if you're planning to spend Christmas alone because Christmas doesn't mean anything to you, let me suggest to you that Christmas can mean a whole lot more to you if you spend this Christmas with Jesus. My prayer is that you will find in Jesus Christ the person you need to be with the rest of your life. This would be a great Christmas to start spending it with him. Well, we've looked at the fellowship that we need at Christmas time. But the passage goes on, verses 13 and 14, talks about spreading the goodwill of Christmas. When I come back in just a minute, we want to focus on verses 13 and 14 of Luke chapter 2 to find out yet a fourth tip that you can have the best Christmas ever. I'll be right back. This is Back to the Bible, Bible teaching you can trust with Bible teacher Woodrow Kroll. Our daily Bible study programs and podcasts are all about helping you grow closer to the Lord. Indeed, we care about your spiritual growth and that's why we provide these resources free of charge. Now, in return, we ask that you be in prayer for this ministry and the various challenges that we face to bring these studies to you on a daily basis. And we also ask that where possible, that you make a contribution towards the ministry. Yes, and you know, sometimes people write that they want to know why we're asking our listening family to help us financially. Well, the fact is, we have no fixed income from any place. We are a faith ministry. We rely on how God moves on the hearts of our listeners. Ministry funds are in a constant state of flux. And yet, we're called to go forward and trust that God will provide. Now, what am I asking of you personally? Well, as a member of our Back to the Bible listening family, I'm asking you to go to God in prayer and ask Him what you might do to help us meet our financial shortfall. Now, I realize that everyone's situation is different, and you will give what you can. So your gift, regardless of the size, matters to the entire Back to the Bible family. And so we simply ask that if you have been impacted by our daily study of God's Word, will you prayerfully consider making a contribution to this ministry? Your donation, no matter how small, will go a far way in ensuring that we can continue to reach the world with the life-transforming power of God's Word on a daily basis. Donations can be made via online bank transfer or in-bank deposit. Our account is with the Halfway Tree branch of the Bank of Nova Scotia, account number 428310. That's account number 428310 at the Halfway Tree branch of Scotia Bank. Checks can be sent to us via mail to Back to the Bible, Box 123, Kingston 10, Jamaica. Please make checks payable to Back to the Bible. Of course, you can always come by our office in Hagley Park Plaza 
to drop off your donation or make your contribution via our point-of-sale machine. Now, as we get back to the Bible, here once again is Bible teacher Woodrow Kroll. Well, we're looking today at how to have the best Christmas ever. And just a few minutes ago, we were talking about enjoying the fellowship of one another, getting families together. Hey, this might surprise you. Your family, even your teenagers, appreciate being together more than you think they do. I read a poll recently conducted by MTV and the Associated Press, and they said that 13 to 24-year-olds appreciate spending time with their family, at least on unique occasions like Christmas. And that's a rather extensive study that says to be, while our kids want to be with their friends and they're texting their friends all the time, Christmas can be a wonderful time for you to draw them into the life of your family. Include them in everything you do. And make sure that you take their suggestions for what you do on Christmas as well. Well, let's come back to Luke chapter 2. I want to read verses 13 and 14 and see another suggestion as to how you can have the best Christmas ever. Verse 13 says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of angels, heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Now, Christmas is a time to spread goodwill, and uh, we can do that in a variety of ways. If you're a Christmas card sender, uh, the chances are pretty good that you've already sent your cards for this year. But one of the ways you can spread goodwill is just to include something of goodwill into those cards. There are plenty of wonderful Christmas tracts out there, not all of which are salvation tracts, because you may have Christian friends, and you just simply want to encourage them at Christmas time. Or write your own. Uh, put your own in there. Just use the occasion that you've already spent so much on postage anyway. Use it not just to send a card, but to send your own personal goodwill greetings. Another way you can do goodwill and uh, show goodwill to others is invite a neighbor to spend a portion of Christmas with you. Now, I say a portion because they have things to do. They may have their own family. Or if they can't come over, why don't you take a plate of Christmas cookies to them? Always an acceptable thing, Christmas cookies. We know that around here this week. And I'm just suggesting that one of the ways you can show the love of the Lord Jesus is to go to those neighbors that you don't have much contact with. And say, you know what, I'm here because this is a special day. It's very meaningful to me as a Christian. I want to give you these Christmas cookies because these Christmas cookies remind me of the greatest present I have received. And that's from God himself, the present of his son at Christmas time. So goodwill can extend not only to the friends that you write to, it can extend to the people in your neighborhood as well. And here's something you may still have time to do. Spreading goodwill around the office. Spreading goodwill with the people you work with. Now, this may be more difficult than others because you work with them every day. But if you are creative at all, you will find your own ways to let the goodwill shine forth. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Take the message of the Christmas season and make it the message of your heart and your lips during this Christmas time. Find a way, 
not just to enjoy the fellowship of other people during the Christmas season, but find a way to express that to those that are not in your home or not in your fellowship of other people. Let it go to your neighbors. Let it go to your boss. Let it go to your employees. Let it go to people around the community. Let them know that Christmas is not just about buying things and not just about presents. It's about someone who has come into your life and changed your life forever. Tammy, you have a question. Well, usually maybe 30, 60 days out from Christmas, I have great intentions of of uh, helping my neighbors and friends and coworkers. But as it gets closer, I really get caught up in family, just uh, particularly my mom and my dad and my husband and people with kids are just really honed in on that. So any suggestions for us to maybe break away from being so focused on those people that are closest to us and looking at other people? Well, obviously, time is always an issue, especially, you know, we're not six weeks out now. We're a week out. So time is critical at this point. And I think one of the ways we do that is we prioritize what is the most important for us to do today, given the fact Christmas is a week away. And maybe watching one less hour of television, uh, maybe not catching the news, but going online and getting it in 30 seconds. Maybe there's just a way that you and I can say, I want to reach out to my neighbor this Christmas. And the way I'm going to reach out to my neighbor is both personally and by what they see at my house. Years ago, I made a little sign to go in my uh, front yard, and I put the name of my street on it. And I said, good news, and then I put the name of the street. There is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Just put it in my yard. I mean, there have been candidate signs in the yard. There have been signs for, you know, lawn care people. Lots of things have been in my yard. The most important thing I can do for my neighbors is to let them know that Christmas is not just another holiday, but it's a very special holiday because this is the holiday that brings me the Savior. So find a time, turn off the TV, say, here's what I'm going to do, and tonight's the night I'm going to do it, and tomorrow's the day I'm going to deliver it. It's Intentional. Intentionality is what gets things done, not potential. Intentionality. You know, you can have the best Christmas ever this year if you simply make Christmas this year like the first Christmas was of Luke chapter 2. And each day this week, we're going to go back to Luke chapter 2 to find out how you can have the best Christmas ever. I'll be back in just a minute to wrap up our study for today. Thanks for joining us today here on Back to the Bible, brought to you by Back to the Bible Broadcast Jamaica, in partnership with listeners who give in support of this ministry. Our office is located at shop number 22, Hagley Park Plaza, Kingston 10. We can be contacted via email at backtothebibleministry at gmail.com. Our office number is... 876-926-5765 and our cell and WhatsApp number is 876-337-6295 Before we go, just a reminder that our 2024 calendar is available in Mandeville at Forever Young located in the Manchester Shopping Centre and of course also from our office here in Hagley Park Plaza for your contribution of $700 each. 
Dr. Kroll, today we spoke about fellowshipping with others, spreading goodwill, and those kind of wonderful things. But a lot of us are getting together with extended family, and as great as that sounds, well, you know. You're together a few hours, and pretty soon personalities start to come out, and there's tension and friction and, you know, quarreling and, you know... Maybe there are persons listening today who are just dreading that family get-together. How about some tips on some attitude checks and preparation for us as we head into those situations? That's a very good point, because let's face it, uh, I've always said that two days with relatives is three days too long. You know, It's great to get together, but the reason we don't live together is because we're better off living apart. And sometimes you're going to encounter a relative, a friend on Christmas Day that is just not the easiest person to get along with. What do you do then? My suggestion is, first of all, make sure you're not the problem. You know, they may see the same thing in you, and they wonder why you invited them over. So do a little heart check, a gut check. Make sure you're not the problem. And then say to yourself, Lord, I need grace to deal in grace with this person. And I don't have it, and I need it from you. And after all, if the Lord Jesus on the cross could say to the crowd that wanted him to die, and to the soldiers who were administering that death, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. We can probably put up with a brother-in-law for a few hours, or whomever, and uh, show the love of the Lord Jesus. Yes, uh, particularly if you're not a Christian, really just maybe biting our tongue, or maybe (laughs) being extra gracious. We have to remember, in all cases, we are representing the central figure of this Christmas season, and we need to represent him well. Well, today we looked at group fellowship, but tomorrow we're kind of looking at it in a very personal way. Yeah, we're going to bask in the glory of it all. You know, I mean, you think about Christmas time and the the glory of God shines down around these lonely shepherds. and, And as a result of that, they're taking it all in and Mary is pondering all these things in her heart. Sometimes we zip through Christmas so rapidly, we don't take time to enjoy Christmas. I want you to have the best Christmas you've ever had. And tomorrow, we're coming back to Luke chapter 2 to find out how to bask in the glory of Christmas. Join us, won't you? Thanks to all you for being a part of our study today and for you at home for joining us too. God bless you. I'm Woodrow Kroll. Have a good and godly day. For if what lasting value is a good day, if it's not also a godly day.